she just let me ride in. Black and White Podcast with Eric and Evan Elliott. Yo, yo, what is up? Uh, you know, man, just gonna gut this one out. Man, this is a tough, this is a, this is a tough one. And, oh, this is it, this is the toughest podcast I've ever had to do, and I'll explain more of that later. Because I, I, I came to a very depressing uh, revelation last night that I, I'll reveal later on in the podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, go, go, just go ahead and welcome the people, brother, and let's get this over with. I want to welcome the people to J House Podcast Radio, Black and White Show, and... This is a, a bittersweet one because this is going to be the end of one era that I know for sure we've covered and the beginning of a new one for us on this show because our first episode, and I just recounted this on the previous uh, J-House video about how we even got here and about how I met you in 2018, both same theater class and we both found out that a love for for marvel a love for dc we're both nerds and right there that day or the following day after in the back room of the theater uh of the our then theater place we started j house podcast radio and we were talking about the state of dc at that moment, as it pertained to 2016 Suicide Squad post Justice League, and brother and fans out there, it has been over approximately 221 episodes since, and probably about 180 of those, or 190 of those, maybe even, are about DC and the DCEU. We've attacked this from every angle, come at it from every perspective. We had starting opinions that ended up being changed once we changed our minds and we've gone back and forth over the issues with Warner Brothers and the DC Universe. But Evan, I don't this is something that this is something that we probably have to just a put in the ground because there's nothing else that we can say for this. Like this has to be the final nail in the coffin before the James Gunn era takes over, but you just saw the but flash. It's not. I mean, it's still going to be a even more prolonged death. But I'll explain that more in a minute. So you were saying, absolutely. You saw you saw the flash, and you've heard the word of mouth and the rumors, no doubt. But I know that even if I didn't see it, I could trust what you would say about it because you're even more unbiased about DC. Than I am, and I'll admit I have a little inherent bias, uh, inherent bias in DC between certain subjects. But I know you, you're one of the only DC fans I know that will tell it straight amongst a whole lot of noise. So even if I don't see a movie, I know your opinion one that I can trust. So Evan, you saw the Flash. We've seen Warner Brothers lose money and do all the sales and stuff because they're they're bleeding. Where did the flash leave you? What are your thoughts right now? Uh, well, my, my thoughts, um, I, I mean, I'll go ahead and just start off with my depressing realization and then I'll expand more on it. Um, so here it is. And you know, the, this is the most painful thing I think I've ever said on this show, but I mean, it, it it's true. Um, do you know why? the DCU has been failing for so long now. What? And we can blame COVID. We can blame director changes. The reason the DCU is not doing well, bro, is somewhere along the line, people just stop caring. Mm. I, I just, I, I just, I had sent you a message the other day because it dawned on me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, you know, 
Warner Brothers. Okay, so you you made the Snyder fans mad with how you treated, you know, with with what went down there. Yeah. You made you made DC fans mad by making Justice League. I mean, that made everybody equally disgusted. Snyder fans like you, DC fans like myself, it made us all disgusted. Yeah. Uh, you you then released Suicide Squad, so you had you know back to back disasters on your hands. Uh, which I mean, both of those were gut punches to DC fans, and and then you just released a bunch of movies that no one could care less about, like Shazam and Black Adam and Wonder Woman eighty four and Birds of Prey. I mean, yeah. and, and we we can say what we will about COVID, but I mean, bro, are we gonna sit here and act like Birds of Prey would have been DC's next billion dollar project if COVID wouldn't have happened? No. Like, are we are we that delusional? And, and and so I, I just sat there thinking before I watched The Flash, I'm like, who even is going to watch this outside of diehard Keaton fans like myself? Like, what other reason do I have to care about this show? Like, hey, come watch the movie about a failed universe where the lead actor is, you know, facing all kind of criminal charges. Oh, and by the way... We're going to tease Superman like crazy in the last movie and then not give him to you. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's been what what can go wrong for the DCU does. That's yeah. what the story has been since day one. From day one, the DCU journey has been rocky at best, and we'll get to that in a minute, but in terms of the movie... I text you, bro. It's a five out of ten. It's an average film. Uh, the the visuals are amazing. In, in fact, I actually think I prefer Andres Muschietti's artistic style of flash running to Zack yeah. Snyder's in G, in a ZSJL. I thought this one was a lot more. I don't know. I just like the look of it more. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Keaton picked up right where he left off. He uh, he resumed his role. He, you know, he did a great job. Uh, he was certainly the high point of the movie. Uh, yeah. Ezra Miller, you know, I haven't really cared about him in the past. He's got a lot of crazy allegations going on. Hey, if he's proven innocent, then then he's innocent, you know. Um, yeah. But it's it's just a lot of weird stuff going on, but. I mean, he did a good job. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Like you said, I try to be unbiased. I'm going to give credit where it's due. He did a he did a decent job. Um, that's about all the positive I can say about the movie. Yeah. That, that's about all I got is Ezra was decent. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the end scene where, I mean, spoiler alert, I know you didn't care anyway. Um, you know, the end scene where Flash has to make the gut-wrenching decision to go back in time and make sure that his mom gets killed. I mean, that's ripped yeah. straight from, from a DC comic, so I appreciate them using the source material. Having yeah. said that, bro, the time travel in this movie was overplayed so much that it got hard to follow. Like, they try—this th was the DCU version of Rise of Skywalker. Really? That's what I just watched. Just two and a half hours of fan service, desperately trying to make sense out of the garbage that we've been watching. Yeah. That's exactly what this was. General, General Zod in this movie, uh, if I was Zack Snyder and I would have known what they were going to do to the character, I, I would have not given him my blessing. I, I understand the actor only returned after getting Snyder's blessing. If I were Snyder, I wouldn't have given it to him. I'd have been like, bro, no, this script is garbage. They have reduced you to a glorified cameo. Mm. You know, it, even though Snyder is not my favorite director, I give credit where it's due. Zod is a top 10 DC live-action villain all time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can't take that away from him. Uh, outside, yeah. outside, and if you take away Batman villains, he's probably top three. Um yeah. So, so I mean, he he's up there. Uh, in this movie, he was just there. He really didn't have any moments. He was just there, like, yeah, I'm Zod. I'm the bad guy. Yada yada. That's about it.
Yeah. Um, Supergirl could not have been more boring and more vanilla as of a character if they tried. Uh, ben Affleck is in the movie for five minutes. Um, like what you see of him in the trailers, that's about all the action he does in the whole movie. He is one scene at the beginning, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so all of that was wasted. Uh, Gal Gadot showed up for one scene for like 30 seconds. But again, it's like, it, it it was hard for me to enjoy this movie because I know it's meaningless. Like, yeah. I, know, I, I know this movie means, it's nothing at all like going to watch the Avengers. It's nothing at all like that because it's like, okay, this is an amazing story. How is it going to build in the grand scheme of the story? Like, after watching Age of Ultron, it's like, okay, you know, you get to watch all the Avengers, and then at the very end, that post credit scene, all it was is Thanos grabbing the gauntlet, and it's like, oh, snap. It's getting real. You know, we're building the story. Um, Warner Brothers has failed to do that. Uh, This this movie was garbage. Um, Eric, that's all I have to say about the movie, because I don't even really want to talk about the movie, because I just don't have the heart to. Um, I'm going to, in a minute, Eric, I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to unload my unfiltered opinions on what has happened and what DC fans like myself have felt uh, since 2016. Um, And just let the people know once and for all, where I stand, what my grievances are with the DCU, what I know went wrong. I'm done saying think because I know what went wrong. A hmm. lot of people know what went wrong because there were a lot of obvious things that went wrong throughout the whole thing that were objective um, that you can point out. Uh, but at the end of the day, Eric, look, here, here's my overall takeaway, and then I'll pass it to you. I don't think people are ever going to care about a DC universe. I don't think we're ever going to see Darkseid in in live action unless they just make a movie with the Justice League. But I don't think we're ever going to see Darkseid get the build up that Thanos got and get that long, you know, drawn out epic build up that he deserves. Why? Because Warner Brothers doesn't know how to do that. They Hmm. just they don't. They do not know how to do that. They don't know how to build a story. They have no idea what they're doing. They have managed to tick off everybody. Snyder fans, DC fans, everybody. Nobody is happy right now when it comes to this freaking DC universe. And it's been that way ever since Justice League. Mm. Nothing has changed. If anything, bro, it's gotten worse. And after Black Adam, yes, I, I, I went from, after Black Adam, I went from pessimistic to just downright done. Just despair, I give up, this is dead, bury it. The Rock got my hopes up for the last time. And I came on here and I said, Dwayne, I love you, you're a great actor, but you hurt me with this one, bro. The Rock yeah. hurt, The Rock hurt me. That hurt. Um, yeah. But, bro, l- let me ask you this. Um, and this is a loaded question. Take your time because I'm going to whenever you pass it back to me, whenever I answer this. Um, okay. Overall, dude, do you have any optimism for DC as a brand moving forward? Because I'm going to be honest, bro, I don't. Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, Blue Beetle's being advertised. Let's just go ahead and establish that movie is probably going to flop. Yeah, I can't that's the think, assumption. Yeah. I, I can't think of any—I mean, I hope it's not. Am I going to go see it? I, I don't freaking know. I really don't. I might. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Aquaman 2, I'm pessimistic about it. It might be. It might be the one film that comes close to a billion, but I doubt it. Um, yeah. Because the first Aquaman was so long ago, people may have forgotten that they liked it. Um, so, yeah. bro, let me just ask, do you have any confidence whatsoever in DC as a brand moving forward? Because I'm looking like, how long can they milk Batman? 
how long is Robert Pattinson going to be Batman, and how many Joker movies is Todd Phillips expected to make? Yeah. Like, while we keep this brand afloat. And last question, on a scale of 1 to 10, how frustrating is it that they still haven't managed to give any character besides Batman the proper respect? <sighs> on a scale, that's a lot. On, no, that's perfect. On a scale of one to ten, I'll answer the second question first. On a scale of one to ten, I am very frustrated because, and I'll and I'll keep it at. I, I, I won't be as biased, but I'll just I'll keep it with for what it was, like. Just the possibilities alone of what we could have had, you know, with Dark Side or even a, ba- a, a Ben Affleck Deathstroke movie and and so many other possibilities. A Henry Cavill sequel by himself, you know, maybe a Brainy M versus Brent. So many countless opportunities that we can talk about that they could have done, but opted for, you know, stuff like Birds of Prey. Like, who asked for that? You know, uh, Shazam and Shazam 2 who asked for that you know I'm not going to complain about the second Suicide Squad I think I think people needed that and I give the pass because even during the pandemic it was the pandemic and Warner Brothers didn't do themselves any favor by doing it a same day theater same day HBO Max release date which Nolan argued against and a whole lot of other people argued against so I and it was a good movie so I give it a pass um to the first question, I don't know. And at this point, bro, maybe not. It, it would take a miracle. It would take a miracle. because and, and people may not ever care about it again. But dude, we got to talk about the numbers here. This is 10, almost a decade, bro. And that includes, for me and you, a little over half a decade for me and you. A decade is 10 years, Evan. And in 10 years and, and seven years for us, for J House, since we began talking about this, they've done nothing. They've changed nothing. Even, with a, even without Snyder, even departure, without him, and even after they dropped the Snyder cut, they still had free creative reign to do whatever they wanted. To change it to whatever they saw fit. To even listen to not even the Snyder fans. Just listen to the DC fans. Get their ear to the ground. See what the DC fans want from this universe. They had every opportunity to do that. And that's me. Give, that's unbiased. This is not me speaking. This is me speaking strictly as a fan of DC. They could have done whatever they wanted to. They could have done Whatever. But they didn't. They kept going in the same direction. They kept softly rebooting everything. They could have course corrected and done a lot of things earlier that would have helped right the ship and put us in a different place. But they didn't. And they've and in that taint in that same time frame, Evan, we've seen the MCU do numbers we've seen them go through phase one through three now they're in phase four now they've done phase four and now they're moving on to phase five we've seen three different spider-men hugh jackman which is the equivalent of marvel's jesus christ coming back is back in marvel now before dc has gotten their stuff and bro not for nothing but you mentioned the three spider-mans it is plum pathetic to compare like Spider-Man No Way Home to Flash in terms of who did it better story-wise, bringing back old characters. Hands down. That's a disrespectful conversation to have. That's disrespectful. You don't even put No Way Home in the same... And here's why. It's because... And this will answer the rest of the question. Because we have build-up with No Way Home. People are already invested in Tom Holland. I'm sort of semi-halfway invested Tom Holland at the time, and I'm like, okay, bro, we need something that's going to give me something, bro. Like, I know you're Spider-Man, but bro, give me something real Spider-Man, like 
something that Spider-Man would really like gutter comics. I'm talking about ultimate Spider-Man, you know, sacrificing every, give me that Spider-Man. You know, I haven't seen that from Tom Holland yet. No way home hits theaters. Boy, I swear to God, Tom Holland bodied it. Not only that, but I got to see three generations of Spider-Man fans gather together in one theater and have an experience like no other. Not only Toby, but Andrew as well. And the new generation Tom Holland fans. And it was a blast. You had to be there for it. And that was So that's the build-up for that. There is no build-up for Flash. The build-up for Flash is non-existent. Why? Because I sat there in that theater with you for Black Adam, and we were like, okay, maybe Black Adam was solid. It wasn't the best, but okay, maybe we have Henry Cobble. May okay, we got him back. Maybe that's that was literally it. That was the one thing, the only thing. I looked at you after that movie, and I had my exact word. Eh. Exactly, man. And, and, yeah. and I said, but but I said, but Henry Cobble back is cool. And then before that freaking movie even leaves theaters, Eric, they movie didn't even make it to DVD yet. <laughs> and, and we and get the Henry, news, and then Henry's gone. Henry's gone. I'm like, bro, you couldn't make it up if I tried. You couldn't make that up. And you know what kind of boat that left us in, Evan? Me and you were just like on that podcast when we reviewed it. We were like, we don't know, man. We don't know what the future's going. We we don't know. But that, we did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. But we did know that these next few movies that DC was still going to try to push out. We're not going to be worth much. For what? Why? You've taken everything from us. For what? So the possibility of, 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 of I mean, you've, you've wasted <clears throat> so many people have grown up in these past 10 years over Marvel and, and DC and, the the only thing that DC fans have to claim, and Snyder fans, the only thing that they can claim is we got ZSJL, and for DC fans, the victory is that you got $2 billion uh, solo films that have absolutely nothing to do with the DCEU. People can claim... Bro, Aquaman. that's not even a W. That, hey, that's, that's a not, w. That's not even a win. That's DC a w. fans don't give a crap about what makes a billion or not. We care what's good. And they were good, were they not? Was Joker not good? Was the Batman not good? Those Bat, were the, the Batman was alright, but it didn't make a billion. It made seven hundred. It didn't flop, which is a miracle because every single bro, we can pull up the stats right now. Since, and this is not vindictive of this is purely objective. This is not vindictive of my of my uh, status as a Snyder fan or whatever. This is true numbers, bro. Since Snyder's departure, since Nolan's departure, Aqu- outside of Aquaman, since then, the DCEU has not had one financially successful movie. They have all flopped from Birds of Prey to Suicide Squad, even though it was great, to... Birds of Prey. I think to... that's such a disingenuous comparison, and I think that comparison leaves out a lot of factors. I mean, well, let's take at, well, let's let's take look, out Birds of let's take well, out. Suicide hold on Squad. a second, hold on. The, the movies they released when Snyder was there, okay? They released the first ever movie that had Batman and Superman in it. That's not gonna flop. It's Batman and Superman. That movie literally can't. It's impossible. It's Batman and Superman. Okay. They released Wonder Woman while he was there. Again, she's one of the Trinity members. It's not going to flop. They released right. a sup- they released a Superman movie. Okay, probably not going to flop. They released right. the fir- they released the first ever Suicide Squad movie with and you know that would have flopped had they not advertised we have the first Joker since Heath Ledger. That's where right. that movie success came in. Okay, right. Snyder leaves. Snyder leaves. Yeah. Shazam was never going to be successful, even if he was still there. That was I'm never going to happen. Not, hold, yeah. on, hold 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 on. 
Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey both came in the middle of a pandemic. Okay, what else do we have for DC8, the DC universe that, that was released? Is that oh, the, the other Shazam movie? Okay, again, not going to be not not going to be successful. My point is that that's a very, in my opinion, weak argument because show me which title was like would have been successful under Snyder. Nobody, okay. nobody would have went and saw Shazam. Like what I'm saying is. The, the reason one of the main reasons that have to be mentioned when we look at like why the movies aren't successful since Snyder left is they started making a lot more C and D tier DC character movies. Well, let's okay. Well, let's let me let me inject this in there. Given, I'll agree with you. It's not a it's a very strong argument, but I I'll agree with you on the basis that give that's the lay the the layout of films that. Snyder and Nolan, by extension, being a head producer, wanted to do that whole layout layout of movies. That slate was different before Snyder left. When Snyder was there, there was supposed to be Ben Affleck's Batman, where he faces off against Deathstroke, a proposed Man of Steel sequel. There was already going to be another Wonder Woman. We already knew that. There was going to be a Green Lantern movie. Be greenlit. Cyborg was going to get one. I don't know how many they were going to flood, put in that one phase in that phase after Justice League, but the slate was totally different. All of your main characters were getting movies and sequels before that slate got changed up. That's that's facts. That's factual. So I do agree with you there, but it's only on the basis that we're not talking about the exact same slate because I guarantee you, if Snyder was there, we're not greenlighting Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> we're not green lighting uh bloody Shazam just yet. Not yet, not that soon. We're not green lighting Blue Beetle. We're not green lighting bloody uh anything else. Maybe I think Suicide Squad would have still got Suicide Squad or maybe a soft reboot. I would have taken I would have taken that. I I think that would have been great because they needed a second chance to do that. Uh, redo it. But that slate is totally different, Evan. That's why it is. That's why I say it is a fair comparison, because the slates are totally different. The plans that Zach had, including JL Part Two and Three, were vastly different than what they chose to do. Warner Brothers chose to do after he left. So it's a very fair comparison, and DC fans were vocal, which they should have been. They after Snyder left and his creative influence was gone, DC fans had every right to be vocal. Okay, this is what we want. This is what we need to see. This is how we fix this. This is how we do that. And DC fans did that. I was there for those conversations. I was there for those debates. DC fans, everybody was vocal about what DC should do next. Did Warner Brothers listen to DC fans? No. No, they didn't. Well, I man, I'm they, not. I'm not trying to exonerate Warner Brothers like they did. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, obviously, I'm, it was a dumb idea. But, I mean, I, I agree with you with what you're saying, and I didn't really take that into consideration when I made that comment. So I admit that you're right on that point. Um, but so did you have anything else to add, like, confidence-wise, like if the DCAU or the DCU will ever be anything, or are you just yes. are you just hopeless like I am? I'm, I'm kind of hopeless like you, bro. Because, like I said, we, we looked at those slates, bro, even – during the mix-up with Snyder and, Lee and and Joss Whedon, we looked at those possible slates of what could have been. You know, uh, Man of Steel 2 being among the most that we wanted to see. But Warner Brothers kind of just, after they did Justice League, they kind of just stayed in that sort of lane. They were like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start making all these different kinds of, you know, but they didn't really go back to the main thing. Like, if, if you're Warner Brothers, right, and you think that Snyder for, or not even wrong, but just after he's gone, you can do whatever you want, focus on what you critiqued on, okay? If you think Henry Cobble should get another movie, they should have gave Henry Cobble a movie. You know, if you wanted Ben Affleck to continue to play Batman, he should have done that, or at least announced, you know, done something else, but kept the Batman going in the DCEU, gave him a solo, you know, Green Lantern, Cyborg, whatever. 
And so after having 10 years to do all of that, no, nah, man, I don't no, I don't have any confidence because, and it, like I said, it's going to take a miracle because James Gunn can't come in with Superman legacy and instantly do the same mistakes. He can't. If, if, if you're going to do the characters and you're going to do a DCEU, a DC universe again, do one character at a time, which it looks like he's got mapped out. Don't do any sort of, you know, and this is not indicative of Batman v Superman, because you know my thoughts on BVS, but if you're going to do another uh, universe, one character at a time. One character at a time. And maybe, maybe if DC fans are up to it, maybe they might have faith and maybe they might show up in the theaters again. But as of right now, brother, until we see that, which is going to be a while, I don't think that DC has that time to do that. I, it's like ten years, bro. I don't think, I don't think people are going to invest another ten years in a in a DC cinematic universe. The only reason why Marvel is still in the game is because they've held the the audiences captive for for ten years, and there were still more to come on top of that. It's not all perfect. I'll admit that it's not all. It may not be as awesome as phase one through three was but hey they're still there and there's still stories to be told that's why people are still rocking with the mcu but for see for 10 years you've given us nothing so no i and i'm a bro another six and a half years if dc doesn't have their things together by then i would be mad that i wasted my time i would severely pissed i'm 25 brother i'm gonna be 30 in five years and if in half a decade you still don't know how to make a cohesive cinematic universe then that means i've beyond wasted my time and i've given you time than i should have that for you to get things right now i'm not talking about your solo movies i'm not talking about the solo bat you know the batman or the joker they can take my money i'm gonna be there in them seats for that because that's how i know that's when i know the art's really happening but if you're talking about a cinematic universe bro that game's over with for dc and if james gunn some somehow says no it's not it's not over till i say it's over then I will, I'll be on this podcast first thing and I will admit that I'm wrong. But until then, brother, no, DC is done. Cinematic universe-wise, they're done. It's put a fork in it. It's cooked. 200, 200 million. And, I'm, and you know me. I'm not a box office guy. I, don't, I mean, I am sort of, but I don't use that to judge a film based on quality. But with this situation and what we've seen, the Flash is just now reaching 200 million after its first week. Uh, yeah, that that ain't good, brother. I could tell you that. That ain't good. If Batman v Superman is still the highest open DCEU has had at 166 million, and your film The Flash is just now getting here at 200 after the, that's a problem. That's not good. And then we got news of WB selling half their movie and music uh catalog for 500 million what what (laughs) you selling stuff now nah fam i'm i'm done and and my heart breaks for for the snyder for the snyder for dc fans not as much for snyder fans because snyder fans should shut up we got what we wanted we got our snyder cut and we got uh, Zach over at Netflix making Rebel Moon. We, we, we got what we wanted. But for DC fans, I'm especially heartbroken because they're leaving with nothing more than anybody, especially the delusional DC fans now who are like, you know, oh, The Flash is such a great movie. It's a masterpiece. Hey, it's the look, one that's if, gonna... there, if there's people out there who feel that way, let them feel that way. Okay, let them feel that way while you're reading that this is the best, and I quote, somebody said this is since the dark night bro i mean it's just so self-evidently stupid it's not even worth engaging in a conversation i mean we call, bro we call I, that I mean, we call that denial 
I mean, denies. bro, obviously there's some delusional DC fans out there. there. I mean, when you're delusional, you're less miserable. That's facts. I mean, they're they're just trying to. I mean, I feel bad for them. I feel, man, I feel bad for you. I feel bad. For I you. feel like an idiot because my dumb self was on this podcast, and we all remember my reaction to Michael Keaton being announced that he was going to be in the film. I had a full freak out. I was all kinds of excited. We were because, hyped because I didn't know. I didn't know that this film was going to suck. All right, now on to my rant. Um, Floor is yours, brother. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Now, you're not going to agree with everything I'm about to say. Um, But I'm not about to say anything that I'm not going to back up with objective facts. So that has to be said. I'm just going to once and for all get this off my chest, how I felt about the DCU, because I've really been biting my tongue for the past couple of years. Um, is this post-Snyder perspective, or is this the whole thing? From th- this the is the whole thing. Th- 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 this is the Evan Elliott bird's-eye view of the cluster you-know-what that is the DCU. So here's how this whole thing started. All right, and th- this is where I'm at with the DCU. That's a good I- run. I think the DCU is the most dysfunctional, rocky, all over the place franchise in the history of anything. I think it is more dysfunctional than the Star Wars sequels because at least with the Star Wars sequels, it ended with them honestly trying to undo what they did. DC, up until this film, with the bullcrap they pulled with Henry Cavill, is still pulling this bullcrap. They're still doing dumb stuff. You get what I'm saying, Eric? I get what you're saying. Like, at least Disney tried. I mean, I I can sit here and, I mean, do I think episode eight is awful? Yes. Has my opinion changed on that, and will it ever? Probably not. But I give them credit in episode nine, they tried to make amends. Warner Brothers, they just keep doing dumb stuff, and they don't care. And yeah, I, I, I've never <laughs> channeling my inner Skip Bayless. I've never seen anything like it. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm laughing to keep from crying. But yeah. what what basically happened is this. Here's what happened. DC got carried away, worried about what Marvel was doing so much so that they neglected. It, it's like Eric, if if uh, if you had a house. And you were always watching your next door neighbor, like how he did his lawn. And you're always just like, how's he going to do his lawn? And you just watch him for so long. And eventually you look at your own lawn and half of it's dead and the other half's overgrown. And then before you know it, your, your yard just sucks. It sucks. Well, that's what we've got at DC. And that's what we've had for a long time. Okay, so here's where I'm at. I give Zack Snyder nothing but credit for Man of Steel. I have no, uh, I, I have no beef with him about that. That was a good movie. Man of Steel is a legit good movie. Um, but you said it yourself earlier. You said it yourself. With Spider Man, we had build up. That's the key word. If you're gonna build a successful franchise, you have to have build up. You have to have chemistry between characters. Yeah. Warner Brothers thought they could do that in one freaking movie. They thought with a straight face, that, and you have slowly, when I first made that point, when we first started out doing J-House, you told me I was crazy and you told me I was dead wrong. But slowly over time, Eric, I've watched you slowly, but very happily, I've been very happy to watch, and I'm very proud of you for coming around to saying, okay, you know what? Yeah, Warner Brothers rushed that film. You can yeah. say that now, right? I can say that now, and even even to an extent, even to an extent, because I love Zach so much. I love Zach, but I also, and he's my favorite director, but I also <laughs> the kind of director that he is, even to an extent. You know, Zach, just, he says Batman, but then by extension, opening up the whole world film even by extension i understand the criticisms of people with zach too 
So, I... well, and even by word of his own mouth, Snyder himself said, "I made a movie that people weren't expecting." Yeah, I, I did. Like, I made a movie. Basically, what he said was, "I made a movie against and, the expectation." Yeah. Yes, which there's truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. I agree. You look at the way the movie was advertised, it looked like it was going to be a fun action movie. And then you go and watch it, and it's two and a half hours of dialogue. It's two and a half hours of world building and philosophy you know, and, and yeah. all this other stuff. Right, right. Now, there's parts of Batman v Superman that I blame Warner Brothers for. One is the rush tone, because I believe if Snyder would have had it his way, he would have had... Uh, broken that film up more because I mean that would have made a lot more sense than to especially Superman dying I mean that just fell flat for most people because it was like well we know he's coming back he just got here and we just saw him in his first movie and he's yeah Yeah, like there's no way this is going to stick so I blame Warner Brothers for the rush but here's where I blame Zack Snyder this is where I hold his feet to the fire Jesse Eisenberg that's no one's fault but his. I know how you feel about him, but I'm going to die on this hill, and we can go through the comic books, but there is no mainstream version of Lex Luthor in any mainstream comic, any mainstream successful comic, or especially in any animated show where he acts even remotely close to the way Jesse Eisenberg was portrayed in BBS. I mean, that was just a Riddler 2.0 jesse eisenberg being jesse eisenberg so that's and i know you disagree with that but that's where it's a it's a fair it's a fair criticism because birthright lex isn't one that people use often and it's and why would you see see, that's what i don't understand about snyder if you're trying to build a cinematic universe wouldn't it make more sense to go with the lex luther people know like wouldn't that make more sense instead of jesse eisenberg being jesse i mean that's just me that's just me, because I know the Superman fans would want to see Lex Luthor, but I understand some people like Jesse. So I hold his feet to the fire there. I hold his feet to the fire on Doomsday's terrible design. I hold his feet to the fire on, like I just said, you know, you chose a... Like, Zack Snyder has this weird habit where he picks and chooses from source material most people aren't aware with, aware of, and then he's also got all this stuff talking about, you know, he's got this obsession with Greek gods and goddesses. The mythology, yeah, the mythology. And it comes to a point where it's like, yeah. bro, bro, make a freaking DC movie. Just just pick up a comic book and give, give me a freaking Batman movie, okay? I mean, I don't, I, I, and Eric, I'll grant you even this. I will grant you even this, and you're going to crap on yourself when I say this, because this is a point I have fought you on for a long time, but I'm going to concede something. Okay. You've told me a long time Batman can go to where Ben Affleck was in BVS, and I've said, no, he can't. I'm going to take that statement back. I'm going to say, sure, he can. However, it, I would argue that they made the same mistake or a similar mistake in this film like they did with Luke and uh, Last Jedi because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, the character's unrecognizable. The character's completely gone. They've abandoned all their values. What mm-hmm. the heck happened? Yeah. Like Now, with Ben Affleck, you're, you kind of get a hint of it. You're like, okay, Joker killed Robin. And, you know, that probably did something to him. But I'm thinking to myself, why didn't we get to see that? I mean, at some point, I can't blame Warner Brothers for everything. Like, at some point, I have to look at Snyder and I have to say, bro, you had two and a half hours. You couldn't have cut some of this other philosophy stuff out, some of these weird moments with Lex. You couldn't have cut some of that junk out for like a flashback for us, the DC fans, to watch. Yeah. You know, even if you had to use Leto, that's when you can introduce Leto's Joker. Show him in a flashback killing Robin. That's what we want to yeah. see. That's And then, like you know, show Joker tormenting Batman about it and show Bruce really going down that path. 
don't just make the movie and then say, okay, yeah, here's miserable Batman, deal with it. Yeah, I, I, that's that's a fair criticism because that and that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Where I one could have been stretched out a lot more. You could have done that. And that's Man all Steel. I've ever said. Yeah, and, I agree. And, that's that's and, fair. That's well, fair. exactly. And so, I mean, and, and even the whole Batman killing thing, like I've changed my view on this because you know, I know a lot of Snyder fans are like, no one's ever mad at Keaton whenever he kills. And I'm like, well, no, that's because that was back when superhero films were seen as silly. And, and you know, yeah, Keaton might be killing people, but he's not the miserable, cynical person that Affleck is. That yeah. what That's what was more off-put. Like, Keaton is still, you know, he walks with sort of a Bruce Wayne swagger about him. He's still Batman. Yeah. Ben Affleck essentially became the Punisher. And like I say, that's fine. If you want to take Batman there... You and like you said, like you always tell me, if you're gonna bring him back and have the redemption arc, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with a, a redemption arc. Yeah. But BVS, I will forever say, BVS was at like if you want to look at you know like if you're gonna build a house, you have to lay a foundation. Right. BVS was a rocky foundation. It was not the solid foundation that Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America was for the MCU. It's not even close, because with the MCU, you have, you had their stories told. It's like, okay, here's Iron Man, here's Thor, here's Captain America, here's how they meet, boom, the yeah. Avengers. Made sense. Yeah. Made sense. But with Snyder, yeah. and, and I cut the man some slack, because he was given a fool's errand. He was absolutely given a fool's errand. Doing one film what Marvel essentially did in six. With in their six. phase one. Um, yeah. Or was yeah. it five? Because I think there were two Iron Man movies before the Avengers, right? Two Iron Mans, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, the first Avengers. So five films and then the Avengers. So it is six. Oh, I was dead right. Yeah, so they tried. Right, yeah. to, they tried to do basically in two films what Marvel did in six. They gave yeah. Superman. Like I think BVS would have been a million times better if we could have just gotten a bat flick Batman movie that shows us. Like, dude, could you imagine how good it would have been? Like, even if you have to keep Leto, th this would have been Leto getting his fair shot. Let him be the Joker villain against Ben Affleck in a full movie and have Joker kill Robin. Yeah. Everybody would have wanted to see that. Yeah. Everybody would have wanted to see that. And could you imagine, like, that would have made sense. Like, okay, we're picking up with that now. Like, you've got right. super Superman dealing with killing Zod. That's why he's miserable. And you got Batman who just, he's fresh off of Robin dying. And then you could have it, like, the day after Robin dies, that's when he goes outside and sees Superman fighting Zod. So you have yeah. that you have that back to back like oh man Batman's conscience has really snapped he's really yeah. then you can have the whole thing make sense but to just have it be so just vague like you know just imagine yeah. imagine that it happened just yeah. pretend it happened like you think for yourself yeah. I blame Warner Brothers and Zach for that and then obviously so you have a rocky foundation and then you have Wonder Woman which was a surprising good film. Wonder Woman and Aquaman, those were the two surprisers. They, they, they were the two like, huh, yeah. maybe there's something to this. Wonder Woman you, was, was history. That was history for but the I will for, I will forever say Warner Brothers or Batman v Superman, it was the Rocky Foundation. Suicide Squad and Justice League was the house crumbling on that foundation. That's what it was. They tried to build Suicide Squad and Justice League on top of BVS. You flop up tones that hard. Like you you go a complete 180 on tones. You're already yeah. all over the place with your storytelling. People are still trying to make sense of everything they've watched in BVS. And then you come out with Suicide Squad. And then you yeah. follow up Suicide Squad with Justice League. I mean, that's just a, that's a horrible, that little sequence right there, damn the DCU. 
and then you move on, it has been, like you say, with the exception of uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, it's been failure after failure after failure. I mean, even the streaming numbers of Wonder Woman 84, I mean, yeah, it was the pandemic, but people could have streamed any of those movies, but they didn't. They didn't. People just did not care about Birds of Prey. They did not care about the Suicide Squad, even though it was good. They did not care about Wonder Woman 84. They didn't care about Black Adam. They don't care about Shazam. Why? Because Warner Brothers has not shown that they can put anything together in the realm of a cinematic universe. This whole thing has been rocky from day one. It has not been good. So I'm not even going to argue if things would have been better with Zach because I can't imagine they'd be any worse. Yeah. I I, I feel like that's almost a moot point because it's like, okay, sure they'd be better because what could be worse than this? Yeah. And now, yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add, but I mean, in terms of the Flash, this was just... Flash, for me, was a painful reminder of just how bad this whole thing has really been. Yeah. And we... And and to your point, I agree with a lot of what you just... Fair criticisms all the way around. I think there's so much that... Like I said, it was just an unfortunate thing because there's so much that has happened and so much dirt that's came out on Warner Brothers, so much perspective that's came out on what Zach did and how people reacted to it. And by the end of it, you know, it's like, well, now it doesn't even matter now. It's like, but everybody's to blame every, you know, just for trying to do that much, you know, and I, and to, and maybe that maybe in some ways that might change a perspective on last Jedi, because you're right. You can't just put a character out there like that. Even though I love Ben, even though he's my number one Batman, I understand from the buildup perspective, I understand where where people are, what people are coming from. Well, I mean, who don't it's like the ben equivalent Affleck. of, I mean, you having Affleck as your favorite is like the equivalent of a conversation of a, that I had with a female friend at college, and she happened to like Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight more than any of the other ones, you know. And it's like, okay, that's her favorite portrayal, but I had to explain, like, okay, but you know, like. The reason people who don't like Luke like that is because they've seen that's like not how he's ever been before. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know anything. So for me, and I'll admit, I'm not that much of a Batman comic book reader. I read enough Batman to know how he should be, and even then, at that point, it's a coin toss because I love the darkest. I love Watchmen. I love Frank Miller. I love Alan Moore. I love all that kind of stuff. Oh, the goat so, Alan Moore. Goat Alan Moore. So even then, my perspective on Batman is still a little flipped, and that maybe that's why I gravitate towards Ben Affleck's Batman so much because of the way they did that. But even in that aspect, I do understand where the story could have been expanded out more. Okay, maybe you have Man of Steel. Then maybe you have a Batman solo movie where, you know, he sees all this stuff with General Zod. Then maybe you have Man of Steel 2. He deals with some villain or whoever, and then that puts conflict. Then you have a Batman v Superman, and then you have a Wonder Woman. You know, so much that could have been expanded out to do that. And maybe maybe on a flip on a flip side, if you're looking at Luke Skywalker and TLJ, you know, no one just wants to see him like that because it's like, what the heck? You know, maybe if we would have got Luke as he was him, or when we last saw him, then we would have got a whole new story explaining that and all that that happened. Then maybe people would have understood, okay, now I see where TLJ Luke is coming from. But did they do that? No, they didn't. They Well, and then not only that, the reasoning that they gave for Luke being like that was bullcrap. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good excuse, nor was it a good reason. So that's so in that regard, that's why, you know, I, I, I give Zach credit, but I understand where his feet are held to the fire. But I also understand that he he's a very ambitious director. He's a very 
he is a guy that goes all out. He wants to do everything he can with the character to the full, leave no turned and take every opportunity to do something big and dynamic with the character. Well, I mean, and I, I, I certainly, you know, don't want to diminish a guy for, for being creative. I mean, I, I give the guy credit where credit is due. I mean, he is a, a very ambitious director, and I, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Watchmen is, I mean, that's his stairway to heaven, essentially. I mean, that that's an amazing film. Um, but I'll say this though, Eric, and let me get your opinions on this, because um, I know some people. I've had some conversations, and people call me a hypocrite for my criticisms of uh, Snyder, and uh, some people say that I hold. Nolan and Snyder to a different standard because they point out like, well, you don't like, you know, how different, you know, Batman was, but, you know, what about how different Joker was in the Dark Knight? You know, thing I hear that a lot. And I would say real I would say real quick to anybody with that mindset that the reason that Nolan for a lot of people gets a pass on making characters so different I'm not going to say that he's held to a different standard, but I, I will say that he did make characters very different than what, you know, they appeared in comics. Joker looked different. Bane looked very different. Um, it's, just, it's, it's the realism aspect. That's well, all it well, is. There, there's the realism aspect, but also another reason he gets a pass is because if you're going to do that in a movie, the only thing that can make up for that is if the characters are amazingly interesting. Like, if the characters also have all-time great performances, which, right. in The Dark Knight, especially, you know, most obviously in the case of, you know, Heath, do I even have to say his name, Ledger? Uh, yeah. That's what I'm just going to start calling him. Like, Heath, you already know who he is, Ledger. Um <laughs> Right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, when we talk about great, and I say this with so many people, because I got in an argument too about people talking about, you know, Ledger's not objectively the best ever. And I'm like, yes, he is. And I say that because do you ever hear people have the conversation? It's, it's like this. When you ever have a conversation about like who the greatest rock band ever is, there's this old adage. Pink yeah. Floyd fans say that Pink Floyd is better than the Beatles. Led yeah. Zeppelin fans say that Led Zeppelin is better than the Beatles. Rolling Stones fans say that the Stones are better, better than the Beatles. Eric, what's the one consistent there? Who's everyone <laughs> being who's everyone being compared to? The Beatles. And in the NBA, it's always who's the GOAT? Kareem or Jordan? Who's the GOAT? LeBron or Jordan? Who's the GOAT? You know, Bur uh, Russell or Jordan? Who's the constant? Jordan. And in the world of uh, DC and Marvel villains, especially DC, we'll leave Marvel out, but in the world of DC villains, whenever we talk about, you know, whenever people were discussing, is Paul Dono the greatest ever now? Who's he getting compared to? Joker. Ledger, more specifically. He's getting compared to Ledger. And so that's my point is like when it comes to Nolan, like if you're going to change up characters, you got to have all time great performances is my point. And that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And then I'll hand it to you to close out. Uh, you're not a hypocrite. That doesn't make you a hypocrite at all because without, even though Snyder is my favorite director and he has my style more so than anybody, I know who I I know who put DC on the mantle to begin with. You know who got Batman back on track after he was considered a joke in live action movies for years. That was Nolan. Without Nolan, I, uh, Nolan knew that he couldn't venture into Man of Steel like that because that wasn't his ordeal. So he ended up passing it to Zach. He said he said Zach is the guy to do this. And he knew that. So without him, I don't that that changed my life that I love and with the with my favorite director. You know what I'm saying? Nolan is the one who put DC back on the map in live action. And so 
of the Dark Knight trilogy, when because of what Nolan started, we ended up getting. I mean, three hundred was before that, but three hundred was already a classic on its own. But but speak strictly like the real deal DC like stories. Like without without Nolan, there is no Watchmen. Without Nolan, we don't get to see darker DC stories come to light. We don't get to see any of what we've gotten to see lately. You know, this Joker, which is sort of a Nolan-esque influenced kind of film. That's not to take away from Todd Phillips, but just the realism of it. We don't get that. Dude, Chris, sorry to cut you off. I'll pass it right back to you. You're good. But dude, like freaking Nolan basically had the Eddie Van Halen effect on how superhero movies were made because it's like, you know, all the guitarists in the 80s were playing a certain way and then Eddie comes out playing faster than anyone the world's ever heard. And then, you know, after the world heard Eddie play and, you know, Van Halen became the big deal they were, now everybody (laughs) is trying to play faster. Right. That's true. And we call it, we like, we call it the Van Halen effect. We call it the Nolan effect, as it's termed in Hollywood. Without the Nolan effect, we never get Daniel Craig, James Bond. We don't get Casino Royale. That is a Nolan effect movie stripping a character of all the fantastical elements and bringing it back to a grounded, uh, gritty realism setting, which is what happened with Casino Royale, the Nolan effect. And and without that, bro, without that, the Batman's not even... We're not even talking about Pattinson Batman without talking about the Nolan effect because now that, that movie and effectively that trilogy eventually is going to be compared to what? The Nolan trilogy. So... There's a bar for everything. The next Superman movie is going to be compared to what? Man of Steel. You know, whoever plays the next Batman, he's going to be compared to Keaton and all and Affleck and all the other great Batman. So, I mean, there's a bar for everything and they have to be they have to be respected. So, you know, it's been a wild 10 years for us and we've had passionate rants, we've had agreeable argument we have all sorts of debates but one thing i know me and you agree on today is that no matter what snyder fan or not dc fan or not i don't we don't i don't see the light coming forward and even then we have to wait till 2020 i'm looking at the current lineup of of for james gunn uh you got superman legacy which is a whole new superman that's coming out it starts in 2025 basically so superman legacy the authority uh the brave and the bold which is a new it's going to introduce a new batman and a new damien uh supergirl swamp thing and then television uh, hbo projects creature commandos waller booster gold a green lantern series paradise lost and none of that is going to kick off until 2025 brother so we have a whole year coming up, starting now and then the rest of next year, to just really take a detox from this and put this DCEU behind us, put it in the ground and bury it before 2020. It'll be a new start. And so, yeah, I for now, me personally, I don't. I don't have any confidence in DC right now, cinematic universe-wise. I'll be there for Batman Part 2 and the Joker, and you know I am. And so, other than that, bro, I'm CEU for now. I, I can't do anymore. Not wasting any more money. Can't do it. I mean, bro, I, don't, I, mean, I think I texted you afterwards. I said, bro, save your money on this one. Just save it. Yeah, you know, you're going, you're going, you know, times are tough out here. Save your money. Save your money. I mean, and and I hate that because I really wanted this movie to be successful. I really wanted it to be great, but it wasn't. And, um, you know, in in closing, in closing, Eric, I just have one question for you. Yeah. Um, How about your Miami Heat, brother? I know that was tough. Uh, it, It is what it is. We we got it. We have a we fought as hard as we could, but offensively, defensively, we could hold to eighty three. But when it came to the eighties, but when it comes to scoring, we don't have a scorer on our team that can outscore Jokic or or any of those guys on that squad. 
and the ones even if even if we did have them, they were injured. Tyler Hero was out. He's our best three, one of our best three point weapons, and so you know it we just came up short and we couldn't compete with them on the offensive side of the ball. So we we'll, we came up short. It sucks, but I'm really proud, and we'll we'll be back next year. I, I know we will. Pat Riley's amazing. Eric Spolstra is amazing. So I know we'll be back. We uh, shall coach, be back. Coach Poe is the best. Co- he's the best coach in in basketball. Facts. They just man. I'm gonna tell you what the problem is. They just gotta get another superstar in Miami for Jimmy. We need a shooter, baby. Just they a shooter. Need, they need somebody better than Jimmy. Jimmy's good, but I don't think he's good enough to win a title as the best player. Nah, he could. He could, but we we're missing a piece. There's something I don't, missing. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Because I mean, you know, I, I don't. I don't think he could have done anything to beat the Heat or the the Nuggets. Yeah. Like, and and I like. Um, I really do like Butler, but I just don't know. Yeah. But anyway, bro, this was a good one. Absolutely, bro. This was a great one, and I pray. Have good positive news to come on our next podcast. Something in pop culture's got to give. Star Wars, Mar- somebody got to drop something. Oh yeah, something great has happened. Victor Wembanyama to the Spurs, baby. Oh gosh, you're hyped about that, aren't you, bro? Have you <laughs> have you seen this freak play? Yes, I have. I've, I've seen the highlights. He's bro. seven two dropping threes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Can you say modern day Kareem? <laughs> I mean, bro, do you know how hard it's been for a Spurs fan? Ever since Kawhi, I mean, we lost everybody at the same time. Kawhi, Duncan, and Parker. Yep. And Ginobili. We lost just them all. Depleted. Just a whole bunch of young guys. Or as I like to call them, LeBron's kryptonite. Pretty much. <laughs> Except for one year. Yeah. But this is a good one, bro. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio, Black and White Show. I'm your host, Eric Houston, with my co-host, Evan Elliott. Catch you guys later, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.